It right. is a machine. It is carnivorous. This is Mega Maker, episode 41. <laughs> Hey, how's it going, Mega Makers? Welcome to the show. It's Friday, November 4th, 2016. And uh, man, I didn't get an episode out last week. So I told myself, come hell or high water, I will get an episode out today. And what I thought I would do is share this conversation I had with Annie over at Coach. I've always liked creating, you know, creating my own projects and creating my own business. And I really like, uh, you know, going back to freedom. I like the freedom of getting to choose what I'm going to work on. And sometimes having another person asking you questions can bring out stuff inside of you that you never, (laughs) you never really knew you had inside of you. And This was one of those cases where she was asking really great questions. Uh, It's for an upcoming blog focus, I think, on withcoach.com. And so, yeah, I I thought I would share a big segment of this, of our chat, where I got kind of fired up. Now, there's obviously limits to that. There's context to that. Like, I can't just do whatever I want all the time. But this idea of like, you know what, I'm building my own thing. I'm creating this myself, and um, no one's telling me to do that is, um, yeah, really kind of fulfilling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely really relate to that whole, like, freedom thing. It's, like, the most important thing in the world is having control of your own life and being able to make these decisions that are important to you and not have to listen to what someone else wants you to do for them and their business, you know? Yeah, I think, I mean, and I'm not opposed to employment either. Like, employment sometimes is the best path to freedom. Um, Like, my friend Rob Walling just sold his company, Drip, and now he's an employee again, and he's really liking it. It, it, For his stage of life, it's helpful. But I think there's a lot of people who are stuck in jobs they don't like, in towns they despise, uh, and it's, it's, for me, it was like the biggest one was initially was traffic. Uh, traffic just kills me. And mm. um, my dream was I just wanted to live close to downtown and ride my bike to work every day. Well, you know, for a lot of years that wasn't possible, but it was the dream, like the dream of a better life for me was I get on my bike and I ride to an office and then I work. And um, for other people, that might not be the dream at all. Like if your dream is to, you know, if your dream is to join a startup and become VP of something and then grow with the company um, and basically be an employee, but get to achieve like a lot of growth professionally and in the company that you're working for. Well, that's a great, you know, that's what, what works for you. But for me, it was just like, no, I want to live in a place where I can ski, a place where I can (laughs) go to the beach, and a place where we could live close enough to downtown that I could ride my bike. So I rode my bike this morning, um, 
I'm gonna, you know, I wrote it yesterday. I'll write it tomorrow. For me, like I'm, nice. that, that's freedom, right? I think I, I'm okay with like freedom kind of forming whatever, whatever form gives you the, the freedom. That's what you should pursue. I think the challenge is that most companies um, are not that good. <laughs> and so your, your, your opportunity to live a fulfilling life is always kind of being pigeonholed by these people. I also mm. think that um, the other thing that kind of bugged me for a long time is that most companies are, they're, they're basically trying to create value for shareholders and value for um, the top tier executives. Like those are the folks that make the most money. I'll find this piece quick, but I wrote this piece called What We Want More Than Money. Oh, no, it's not in what we, it's in a piece called We Own You. So, <laughs> so the, the piece starts off kind of uh, like bad slam poetry. It's, it says, you know, we own your time, we own your mind, we own your network, we own your influence, we own your attention, we own your best ideas, we own your autonomy, we own your reputation, we own your daylight hours, we own your nighttime hours, your intellect is our property. And again, I know there's great companies out there. I think I've worked for some great companies. I've worked for some owners that were, you know, I've worked for owners that have taken a pay cut before allowing any of their employees to lose a paycheck. Uh, so there are good owners out there. But a corporation's kind of default mode is to consume whatever resources are available to it and to create value for shareholders with those resources. And it right. is a machine. It is carnivorous. It is, uh, unless you have, uh, uh, you know, a leadership team that is really kind of, um, uh, I want to say cognizant, but uh, really aware of the impact that they're having on their employees and their customers and the world, like it takes a lot of energy to have that kind of awareness. Right. If you don't have that, then uh, people are, uh, if you don't have that, a company is just a carnivorous machine. That's basically what it is. And, you know, I, I, I thought about that a lot. Like, as long as I'm here, I basically give them my best work and I get nothing really in return except for a paycheck. And again, a paycheck is great. I would rather have a paycheck than starve, and I'll take a paycheck rather than starving. But you're, you're creating, if you're good at what you do, you're creating an incredible amount of value that is being captured by the company. It's not being captured by you. I also had, you know, projects that I worked for with different companies and clients that, you know, the company dies and my work dies with it. There's no way to get it back. Uh, so if I've written something great, I don't, I don't get to, I don't get to say, Hey, can I have that back? It's like theirs and it goes to the grave with them. And there's just something that bugged me about that. And so you definitely take on some risk going independent but then you know, like everything I create is 
what's going to feed my family and it, the only person it can create value for is me. So any mm-hmm. upside to that is the benefit is goes to not just me, but my family. Um, that's, I think that's my pinned tweet right now is <laughs> the cool thing about buying from independent makers is your dollars get invested directly in their families. And I I think about that a lot. Like, you know, when every dollar I pay to Facebook, most of it gets distributed to shareholders. Some of it gets distributed to employees and other things. But most of it is just going to wealthy people that, you know, uh, I really have nothing to do with my life. But whenever whenever I buy something from uh, an independent person or independent company, you know, uh, a small company without public shareholders, it's basically, it's all going to feed their families. And what a great, you know, what a great way to spend your money. That's been definitely part of my motivation is feeling like, again, I have nothing against being an employee. And I think there are good owners and there are good teams, but there's a lot of, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of bullshit in the way that you know, equity is divided up in those companies. Um, oh, my point was uh, Sheryl Sandberg is the COO of Facebook. She's like probably one of Silicon Valley's most brilliant minds. Um, she is known for her operational excellence. Like she, a lot of Facebook's success and profitability right now is uh, really due to her and her leadership. And she owns less than 0.1% of Facebook stock. So, you know, just for having the idea, uh, Mark Zuckerberg gets 28.2%. His co-founder, Dustin Moskovitz, gets 7.6%. And then you've got this kick-ass person who's probably one of, you know, our generation's greatest, greatest, gets 0.1%. And to me, that just seems like bullshit. Um, and so mm-hmm. in, in, in my case, it's all up to me. And so I have hundred percent of the shares and I have hundred percent of the upside and hundred percent of the downside. And for me, that's, that's a better trade. And in a similar spirit, I was on Ernest Barbaric's podcast, the art of meaningful work. And this segment here kind of stands out for me. Sure. When, when somebody says meaningful work, what does that mean to you? Meaningful work. Yeah. I mean, for me, I guess that means like, am I really invested in what I'm working on? Um, and am I getting paid for it? <laughs> that's a, that's a, I was thinking about this a lot lately. Cause one thing I've realized since I got independent is that, man, if I, you really can't waste much time. Um, and yesterday and today I, kind of started this huge discussion on Twitter, um, kind of like this big, not argument, but very passionate discussion. And I just couldn't get it out of my head. And so I spent all day like kind of like in this discussion and then all night writing a blog post about it and then all morning kind of finishing it up and publishing it. And That's it's your SAS post? Yeah. Yep. And it's going to have no, it, I mean, <laughs> it, it won't, it's not going to have any real tangible effect on my business. It's just a fucking waste of time. Was it meaningful? <laughs> yes, it was totally meaningful. 
And I think it's a great blog post. And I figured out a lot of stuff personally by writing it, but it's, uh, it, it, I'm not getting paid for it. And so meaningful work to me does both. It engages you, it engages your curiosity, but also provides you a way to, you know, make a living. By the way, if you want to hear either of those, uh, the links will be in the show notes, megamaker.co slash 41. But every once in a while, it's nice to get re-centered on specifically answering the question, why, why am I doing this again? What was, the, what was the cause, the root cause that pushed me out the door into this world of um, you know, trying to earn an independent living from the things I create? The other thing that I was reminded of just listening back to those interviews is how much time this can take. You really have to be patient. You know, back in 2009 and 10, I was frustrated with my commute into work. And that frustration started me on a journey of wanting to figure out how, how I could get more freedom. What were kind of like those first steps for you to really initially get yourself going and get your business off the ground? Well, for me, it was really... Uh, it evolved over time. And there obviously <laughs> there's context in the midst of all of this. So like one thing I try to, uh, I try to emphasize is that your context is important. For me, it has always been about freedom. So when I was, um, huh, every, every big change I've made in my life has been because I felt like I didn't have enough freedom. Or, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's almost always freedom. So, you know, for the first stage of my life, I worked uh, for a nonprofit. And then around 28 years old, I felt like, you know what, this is actually, you know what, I'm going to change that. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, well, freedom is definitely one for sure. Um, I'm addicted to progress. So, mm-hmm. when I turned 28, I felt like working for this nonprofit is no longer kind of helping me achieve my goals, one of which was more freedom and autonomy. And so then I made the jump from working in nonprofits to working in the tech industry. Then from the age of 28 to I, the time might be roughly wrong, but, you know, let's say 32, um, uh, I started thinking, you know what, I am no longer satisfied with where we live. I want to move somewhere else. And, you know, I kept trying to convince my boss, like, let, you know, could I move here? Could I move here? And um, eventually, I was able to convince work to let me work remote. And so then I made this other jump and it was all in the name of more of making progress towards more freedom and autonomy. Maybe that's a way, good way to put it. And then I worked remote for a while and I thought, you know, I'm still kind of tied to, you know, what the company wants. And I wonder if I could make another step towards some freedom and autonomy and, 
I reached out to some companies that had advertised on my podcast and they said, well, we would love to hire you as a contractor. And I thought, okay, well, this is going to give me one more step towards freedom and autonomy. And uh, then, um, you know, this last stage was also how can I get even more? You know, like when you're contracting, I basically had two main clients and it's not exactly like having a boss. It's like, you know, but they can still, they still have a lot of say over how you spend your time and attention. Mm -hmm. And this last jump was, okay, I want to have even more control over, uh, you know, my time and attention. I want more freedom and more autonomy. Mm -hmm. So that's what drives me. Um, and uh, for right now, we'll see if this changes uh, because maybe I'm getting too comfortable. But what I like about living where we live, we live in this small little ski town in the interior of British Columbia. So mm-hmm. uh, it's really small. I think, you know, the metro area is maybe 30,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, but we moved here because it's beautiful. Uh, we're surrounded mm-hmm. by mountains and lakes. In the winter, uh, the kids and I ski. In the summer, it gets really hot, and there's these amazing beaches. And, um, but there's no local economy here. Mm-hmm. And so for me, having this business that isn't dependent on me going out and finding clients here is uh, really empowering. It, it gives me the freedom to, in this case, live wherever I want. And uh, truthfully, you know, it also, if we decided one day that we wanted to move, it would also give us the freedom to do that. So a lot, of, like right now, I would say a big part, a big thing that motivates me is I want to live here. And Mm-hmm. There really wouldn't be a way to live here unless I had my own business. And specifically, if I had a business that's, you know, uh, you know, where most of my customers are in the United States and Europe, right? Um, so, yeah, I think that's a, a, a big thing that drives me now. There's also, <laughs> I mean, I've always been like this. Uh, I've always wanted to do my own thing. And um, I've always liked creating, you know, creating my own projects and creating my own business. And I really like, uh, you know, going back to freedom. I like the freedom of getting to choose what I'm going to work on. So those were the thoughts I wanted to share with you. And I think the, the encouragement I was hoping it would bring to you is that these things do take time. It's an evolution. You know, maybe I took longer to get here than most folks, but my kind of single-minded pursuit of freedom and progress is what helped me get to this point where I am today. And if you are into that as well, it's going to take you time, but uh, it's that continued pursuit that makes things happen. All right, so thanks for listening. If you are listening right now, if you can hear the sound of my voice, please reach out to me on Twitter, the letter M, the letter I, Justin, and tell me where you were when you were listening. 
you can find this show on iTunes and leave a review. That would be huge if you could do that. Just search Mega Maker and click five stars. This theme music you're hearing right now is by striker-metal.com and our podcast is hosted on simplecast.fm. Like I mentioned last time, there is a special $50 off coupon for my latest course, Marketing for Developers. Go to megamaker.co slash coupon. And actually, if you... uh, check out that page, uh, my products page there on Coach. I'm working on a new thing for people that want to build their own course. So uh, if you go to megamaker.co slash course, actually, you can sign up for that. Right on. Thanks again for sticking in here, sticking to this feed and listening. Really appreciate it. And I'll talk to you next Friday.